I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. Today we interview Rebecca Albers, a technology consultant at Dutch Microsoft partner McCore, and her journey to becoming an MVP. It's interesting, she comes from a SharePoint background and has focused in recent times on the Power Platform, particularly Power Apps and governance around Power Apps. Anyhow, let's listen into her journey of becoming an MVP. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 189. Rebecca, welcome to the MVP show. Thank you. Nice to be here. So what part of the world do you hail from? I live in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, specifically. Very rural. <laughs> Not in Amsterdam, okay. like most people think. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and so if you're very rural, kind of, are you working for a company there? Is, is, what, what do you do? Well, currently I'm working from home, like most people, but yeah. uh, usually I drive or take the train to whatever place in the Netherlands I need to be. It's a small country, so that works actually very, very nice. So is your kind of role um, remote and then you go and work on site with customers at the appropriate time? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's usually I go to our office. I try to be there once a week just to get connected with my colleagues and then one or two days at home and then some days at at the customer. If I was to come to the Netherlands and I I didn't want to visit Amsterdam because everybody goes to Amsterdam and I wanted to get uh you know a real taste of the Netherlands, where would you recommend that I went to that wasn't Amsterdam? It's funny because I tell this a lot to a lot of people because they all say they want to go to Amsterdam. Uh, I would say to visit one of the smaller, older cities like Utrecht or The Hague. It's also that's where our government is. Um, uh, Deventer, I like very much. Apeldoorn, Leeuwarden. There's a lot. <laughs> wow, there is. Yeah, there are a lot. Yeah. I've been to The Hague, and, and you're right, that, as in I, I, just, I landed in Amsterdam and then basically jumped straight on a train and went to The Hague, and that city is an amazing city. Um, yeah, I just couldn't get over it. The cafes, the food, the, as you say, the center of your government's there even. Is it is the royal family there or something? The Peace Court? Yeah, The Hague Convention or something like that was, was, was what came from there. Oh, The Peace. Is it the Worldwide Peace Court, is it? Yeah. So, and there's also because there, yeah, because our government is there, so there are a lot of, uh, yeah, uh, people from all over the world. Uh, yes, it's it's different, different than Amsterdam, which is basically, uh, it's basically Disneyland for adults. 
<laughs> the reason I went there was was Matt Widerman, another MVP. He was actually living there for a period of time, and I went and visited him there. It would have been, it was either last year or the year before. Okay, yeah. yeah. So nice. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so what area, as an MVP, what's your kind of specialist area that you've taken a focus on and, and around why you've been awarded an MVP? Power apps. Yeah, I, I used to be an Office 365 consultant. I had dabbled with CRM online <laughs> back in the day. Um, and then Power Apps was introduced uh, in Office 365, and I just started to try it out. And at some point when uh, Power Apps was, um, well, CDS for Apps became available it just felt so natural because I had uh, I had some CRM background, uh, I had the Power Apps background, and it just like every everything came together, and I just went for it. <laughs> yeah. So, what about the demand in the Netherlands for Power Apps? Is that growing, or, or is it well established already? Yeah, it's actually. Uh, growing a lot. It's there are uh, more big comp- corporations starting now uh, with uh, power power apps and power platform because they became a leader in the leader quadrant of whatever uh, company you think of, and then they got interested. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's growing. I I don't have to. I I have work every day. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so. If you look at the the key scenarios that you've built out with Power Apps, what are they? What what type of industry solutions have you come up with? Usually, the scenarios that we have are smaller uh, apps, um, um, and actually, the last for the last uh, half a year, to, uh, like nine months, I do a lot uh, around governance because the companies see that they see the platform and they want to use it, but first get things in order. Uh, so yeah, I'm implementing the Center of Excellence Starter Kit a lot at companies, just help them getting started. And then after that, uh, we can start creating solutions. Okay, so just just let's look at that governance area for a moment. What what are kind of the steps you do or put in place as part of implementing the COE Starter Kit? Do you need to kind of get in as a baseline before, you know, you feel a company then can start developing many, many apps, uh, but have, you know, the constraints in place to make sure, you know, that the product is going to be supported, that people are not going to create um, public connectors to internal private connectors, so there's no, you know, risk of data leakage out across the network. What are kind of the steps you take? Uh, what we usually do is, or me or a colleague, uh, is a set of uh, workshops where we basically go through what do you want? Do you work with one tenant or do you have your separate, several tenants? What will be the environment strategy or from a dynamics perspective, your instances? Um, uh, DLP policies, what kind of DLP policies need to be in place? Uh, are we going to do... Uh, make use of Azure DevOps for automatic deployment through uh, from dev to QA to production, that kind of stuff. 
and then um, uh, and usually we start with the beginning. So make sure that the the, the environment strategies in place, DLP policies, and clean up because when we when we do this, then usually uh, customers find out that there is already a lot created. So. Yeah, so then we have to do some cleanup and then have a look at what did people create? Are there business critical applications already in place? So do we need to do a check on um, uh, our, uh, or, or if, if it's if there are solid? So, and do we need to get those applications uh, because they're heavily used? Do we need to take them to the more managed environments? Uh, so if something breaks, that you have something in place to fix it, because that's what what you see now happening is that there are people creating stuff, and I like that. But uh, if a business user creates something, and then at some point, like the half of the company relies on the application, then then you need something else in place because this business user is is not. What if the people, the person leaves, or what if uh, if the, it's not his or her main job to to maintain the app? So yeah, so that's that's the thing that we are working on. Uh, and the and the the center of excellence starter kit is just an accelerator because it's there's a lot in there that you can just use, uh, and then you can fine-tune it to really fit an organization. Yeah, so have you found outside of the starter kit that you've developed any of your own kind of you know, strategies or bits of even code, etc., that you've put in place to to enhance what the starter kit starts with? Yeah, I did some things um, and one of the things is, for example, that uh, at our, the, the company I'm currently working on, we want to, we, so we have for example, the, the app catalog, that's part of the starter kit. Um, we also wanted to showcase some images. So, so you have an idea, so like an extra actual uh, app store. Uh, you see some some screenshots of the application. So, I just created some some image fields in inside of the the CDS that's used for uh, and. Just store some pictures there, and and that, or uh, a link to a stream video, just to enhance uh, what is already there. Very cool, very cool. How do you decide where you should use SharePoint, where you should use SQL, or where you should uh, stick with CDS? How do you kind of decide that on the various projects you work on? Well, I have I've done because I was an Office 65 uh, consultant. I've done some SharePoint in my time, um, um, but I I use SharePoint only if you can if if it's not a lot of data and you there is not a big question reg, uh, regarding permissions. Um, so if it's if it's simple data, <laughs> maybe to Maybe three lists, but that's on the edge of if if you have more than that, then don't use it because it's not a relational database. So if it's that, if it's the 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 access structure is very easy and um, uh, and it's not that much data, then SharePoint is fine. Uh, I prefer CDS. 
Uh, I hardly ever use SQL, actually. <laughs> uh, I would actually use SQL if it's in place already. If you don't have it in place, why why not use CDS? Because it's in your license. It's it, You also have to have a license to use SQL. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Interesting, interesting. Tell us about becoming an MVP. What What was that journey for you? Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. <laughs> um, I started presenting at user groups and some local events and SharePoint Saturdays. Actually, that's where I started out. Um, uh, just presenting because I at first it was just let's just try it, let's see if uh, if I like it, and I liked it. Just sharing knowledge and um, and. At some point, uh, the user group started for Power Apps and what was then was Flow. Um, and I wanted to start one in the Netherlands, but there were some guys that that were they, they, they were they were first. Uh, so I said to them, you know, if you want help, just just let me know. Uh, but they were good for that moment. But then there was a vacancy a couple of months later, so I joined them and just started organize, organizing user groups and doing 365 Saturday organization in, in the Netherlands. And yeah, that's, that's how it went. Wow. Wow. So, so what does that mean for you from a, when you got involved in it, are you organizing the user groups to run and kind of what format do you user groups run? So we have, uh, our user groups are, uh, we usually have two speakers, uh, so people who want to share their knowledge about some content. Uh, we look for one of the Microsoft partners to sponsor the evening, so they just provide their location and take care of the food, food and drinks, which is very important. Um, and so the main job that we have actually is to make sure that we have different kind of uh, topics so that people keep on learning new stuff and and we we try to do as many different people presenting as as possible so also give people who want to start try to present give them a a stage now that makes sense so tell me what are you doing now that uh you know covid 19 is out and play how do you how do you run your user groups um now yeah, actually, we're we have we, <laughs> that's actually top of this topic of discussion um, because there's so much we can do online. Uh, since most Dutch people speak English, there is a lot of content. So doing an an, an in-person uh, user group is just out of the question at the moment. Uh, that basically means that we just hold out at the moment. Oh, so you so you're not bringing the community together and running kind of um, you know everybody just having a beer at home or something like that on camera, or you're not doing anything to to bring the community together. At the moment, no. Mm. No. Do you think you might like? Because if this goes on for another six months, do you think you will still something that I suppose keeps the social contact yes. going without um you know because as you say, there's a lot of technical content out there, but sometimes people just want to feel connected, you know. Yeah, we we might. Uh, I think we we might uh, try do that. It's it's just what I find is uh, that that uh, that a lot. Of, I know the people who usually come to our uh, our evenings, 
and there are a lot of uh, families at home and since the schools are closed i see my colleagues as well who have kids that they that, that that's uh that's a heavy load yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah so since becoming an MVP, has anything changed for you? Have you? Do you feel there's more opportunities? I, I see. Did you go to Scotland and speak at the uh, the probably the last big uh, community event for some time? <laughs> that, that was the last. Yeah, we had the week after that was three six five Saturday in Amsterdam. That was the really 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 last event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I so I used to get some. Uh, the clients on sessions I submitted since I have become an MVP and not so much. Also people asking me. <laughs> uh, so that's yeah, that's different than it was before. Yeah. And what about, um, you've obviously had your first MVP summit. What did you think? Yeah, but it's... It, yeah, I was I was so bummed that, that we didn't go to Seattle because <laughs> I like let's just say for circumstances it was they did an amazing job, but having a virtual event is not the same. <laughs> no. So true, so true, so true. So what do you plan on doing in the coming months? Being that, you know, uh like a couple of things. How do you stay sane you know when when there's this kind of forced quarantine because other people out there are probably in a similar situation how do you kind of maintain your mental health and how do you how do you still contribute to the community over the coming you know couple of months with the with the uh the hibernation we've all been forced into so um i'm one of the lucky ones because i live in a rural area so i still have the opportunity to go outside um uh, so that's one of the things I do to keep saying is just go outside, have a walk, bike, just get some fresh air. Um, um, I actually did a, I did a presentation last week at a user group in Washington, D.C. <laughs> because uh, they invited me to do it online. So they organized uh, a lunch session. Uh, so I presented at their user group. Um which was fun. Uh, no, nothing planned yet, but I am looking for more opportunities to do things like that. Um, and I actually, uh, I am planning on doing some more blogging or maybe maybe some more videos or something like that because now I have. I like it. So we can put a little advert out here that you're available to speak at user groups anywhere around the world and you can speak on governance, you can speak on why... Why CDS over SharePoint is well. You've got so many topics that you can talk about. I I, I did actually AI Builder. I'll talk a lot of AI Builder the last, <laughs> last uh, couple of months. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I, I there's a, a lot I can talk about. That's awesome. Yep. Just on AI Builder front, what's your favorite um, template that you use? Um. I would say the object detection, it's still fun, uh, but also the um, uh, sentiment analysis. That's actually the one I usually use in my demos. Just get some Twitter, things from Twitter and see what is the sentiment. Okay, well, we're about out of time. Um, are you ready for some quick fire questions? Yes, I am. Okay, here's the first one. Here's the first one. If you could be famous, 
what would you want to be famous for? For my crazy unicorn habit. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit famous already for that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Do you have a unicorn wig? No. <laughs> no, I just have some random unicorn stuff hanging around and yeah, I <laughs> the the famous Will Dorrington got me a unicorn wig and I have a long blonde hair with a unicorn horn out the out the top of it <coughs> and rainbow ears. Um who who in your life inspires you to be better? My husband. Nice. Yes. What definitely. do you what do you regret not doing when you were younger? Finish school. Mm-hmm. So I still managed to 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 get somewhere, but yeah, that would be something I would do different. Yeah. If you had to relive the same day for the rest of your life, which day would you choose? Yeah, actually, I think becoming an MVP. So December 1st of 2019. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> what is your worst habit? Um, making a mess. I think my husband will say that's my <laughs> worst habit. Yeah. Classic, yeah, classic. I'm not, uh, yeah. And here's the final one. Would you rather end the life of one human or a hundred puppies and kittens? Oh, I, I cannot answer that question. Sorry. <laughs> that that's, is, that is that's a good the answer. the worst question ever. <laughs> it, it is a catch-22 for real. Rebecca, it's been great to have you on the show. If people want to, uh, you know, follow your social media and things like that, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter, definitely, and also LinkedIn. Hey, thank you for listening. Please take a look at the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge if you are struggling to know where next or what next to do with your career. You can see this free program or take part of this free program by going to nz365guide.com forward slash 90dayMC or just go to the website and you'll see up the navigation mentoring. And this free mentoring program is available for anybody anywhere in the world that's in the Microsoft business application space. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 189. See you next time.